Morning, everyone. Or I should say aloha, kakahiaka. It's good to see everyone. And everyone online, hello. Glad that you're here uh, virtually. And, um, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. And um, just want everyone to know you're loved, you're cherished. God loves you absolutely. Um, he loves you so much. And let's not ever forget that. Um, I have a journey that I've been on for a long time, and we're all on some sort of journey, but the journey that, that I've been on is uh, this journey of, of mental illness, and I'm continuing the search for healing and for, um, uh, you know, um, finding what, what's next, and during this pandemic, what I'm, what I'm learning and what I've learned from psychologists is that current patients that these psychologists are seeing, um, what they're seeing is in many of their patients is a, is a more of an intensified situation with what's going on in their lives. And I'm also learning that for those who've never had any type of mental health illnesses at all, that psychologists and psychiatrists are seeing, seeing more and more people um, struggling with different types of mental illnesses. And and so for those of you in here who have never struggled with a mental illness um, or never been diagnosed with one, my hope for you is this, that, that this message would be an encouragement to you to seek to understand those who are going through difficult times, to seek to understand those who do have some type of mental illness going on, and, and to ask more questions than to give advice now, for those who have some type of mental illness, um, whether it's you're clinically diagnosed or you just know something is, is not right up there, um, my hope for you is this, is that this message would encourage you and this message would be a springboard for you to the next, um, uh, to the next part of your journey where you're able to get help, able to find resources, able to, to find the healing that you're looking for. And also, if you're struggling with this mental health or uh, if you're struggling with some type of ailment, that that we would realize that that these this mental health is a is a metaphorical storm that's hitting us from all sides. And just like Peter, when he was on the water with Jesus, and this waves come, the storms came, and he starts sinking. The Bible says, immediately Jesus came and lifted Jesus up. So let's be like Peter, where we call out to Jesus. Jesus picks us up, and we, became, and we become wave walkers, that during the storms of life, we could walk on the waves because Jesus is with us in our struggles. Amen? If you're online, you can write amen to that. Let's invite Jesus in our struggles. The Apostle Paul writes about this thorn in his flesh. He has some type of thorn in his flesh, and uh, we're not exactly sure what this thorn is. In fact, he asked the Lord three times to take it away. Three times to, to take it away. Here's what we read. 2 Corinthians 7. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
That is why, for Christ's sake, I delighted in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Biblical scholars are uncertain on exactly what the thorn in his flesh was. There's all these different ideas. But the beauty about this, about Paul not being absolutely direct and clear on what that thorn is, the beauty about that is that it allows us to identify with him and the thorns in our flesh. What are the things in our lives that are like that thorn in our flesh, that thorn in our side that's just, um, we're asking, Lord, Lord, take this away. And be careful with this. Instead of, you must ask, what is that thorn in the flesh? Don't ask, like, who that thorn in the flesh is and, you know, like, who the that thorn in the flesh is and don't say, oh, that's my spouse. That's the thorn in my side. That won't go well at all. Just, that's a little tidbit there, all right? Not funny? I thought it was funny. Come on now. If you're online, just say that was funny. It just amused me and say that was funny. All right. I'll work on delivery next time. Oh, wait, this is the last message. So anyways, all right, so, so what is that thorn in your flesh? So, so if I were to ask you, what is that thorn in your flesh? What is that, that, that something that you're saying, Lord, please take this away? Lord, this, this struggle, please take it away. What, what is it for that for you? And if you're online, you could write what that thorn in the flesh is for you if you want to be vulnerable. You could, you could write that. If you're taking notes, process that. Write it down so you could talk about it with, with your family and loved ones later on. My thorn in my flesh since 2010 has been anxiety and depression. In 2010, I had about six to seven major life-changing things happen in my life. And when you look at a chart of like stressors, it, it, you know, there's even numbers associated with that to see how high the stress level is. So each one was just compounding on one another. And one day in 2010, I felt like I just snapped. And all of a sudden, I was anxious all of a sudden, I was depressed. I was afraid to go outside of my house thinking the world was going to collapse on me. I, I, I thought I was going literally insane. It got so bad where I ended up in urgent care like five times, six times because I thought I was dying. And it turned out to be every single time I went to urgent care was a panic attack. And I was thinking, God, where are you? Here I am struggling, trying to figure out, God, where are you? And I couldn't feel God. I couldn't experience God. I, 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 I couldn't, I, I just couldn't, I, I'm like, God, where are you? And I was the campus pastor at a university in Southern California, and, and, and I'm like, God, where are you? And I'm supposed to be helping students tell them where God is. I remember seeing a psychologist. I saw lots of um, doctors during this time, psychologists and psychiatrists, and this psychologist said, you know, you're having a faith crisis. And I'm thinking, I'm not supposed to have a faith crisis. I'm an ordained pastor, but I was having a faith crisis. Something in me just snapped. Something in me just clicked that I didn't know what to do. I was, I was in this dark pit, this, this storm where I was just being hit wave after wave after wave. I was even invited to do a renewal of the vows for some family friends. And these, um, uh, I had to fly to a different state, but I canceled like a week before the renewal of the vows because I was too afraid 
to, to, to fly. And I was so thankful during this time because Kaz was with me uh, throughout the entire time. And I had great caring mentors in my life that knew about what was going on, who had helped me through these difficult times. Uh, and, and I also had great psychologists and great psychiatrists to kind of help me through this. And during this time, I started reading a lot about mental health, started reading a lot about the brain and how the brain operates, started reading a lot about um, um, how to get from here to here. And it was a long journey. And I did different therapeutic techniques and different things. And, and um, the beauty of being on the other side is clarity. Because when we're in a storm, you, we can't see the forest of the trees, can we? And I remember being in this storm thinking, is this going to be my life for the rest of my life? And that was a very bleak statement. And I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get past this. I thought they're going to institutionalize me, you know, because when, when anxiety gets to you, you just think the worst case scenario, and, and that's extreme. But as I was seeing psychologists and psychiatrists, as I was seeing godly mentors, as I was working through different therapeutic techniques that worked for me, I, I, I was able to get through this. And then looking back on it, I could see God's hand. During the moment when it was dark and storms were hitting me from all sides, I couldn't see the light. I couldn't see the end of all this. And this lasted two years, three years, something like that. And it was the most difficult time in my entire life. And if you're in this struggle like this, if you're in this storm, please just listen to me. You may not even believe me because I've talked to a lot of people um, who are in storms like this, and I, and I didn't always believe it when people told me this. It, it doesn't, it won't always be like that. It won't always be like that. And sometimes we got to keep telling ourselves that. God is my hope. God is my anchor. God will get me through this. And sometimes we got to keep repeating that and convincing ourselves of that because sometimes our anxiety, most all the time our anxiety lies to us, uh, 99% of the time. So if you're going through a struggle, I'll also say this, do not go through the struggle alone. There are caring, loving people here who will walk with you through your struggle. Call people. Set up Zoom conferences. Set up different ways of meeting outside where you can social distance and talk to someone face-to-face. Whatever it is, do not suffer alone. Do not go through this storm alone. You have caring people here who are willing to, to help you through this. So during this time... It was difficult for me to experience God. It was difficult for me to see God. It was difficult for me to feel God. Um, but it wasn't until I started getting healthier mentally that I was able to see God clearly, clearer, see, able to have a stronger hope, able to have a stronger faith, because this definitely grew my faith. And it wasn't until looking back that I could see that God was in the entire process. So it was a long journey, and I'm stronger now, 
but I still have a lot of ways to go. It's not like, okay, I went through that, I'm perfectly fine. No, every day is a, is a, is a journal, journey, right? I have good seasons and I have bad seasons. I still struggle with moments of, 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 of apathy, of, of being, being uh, sad or of, you know, things like that. And the reason I share all this with you is because we all struggle in some way. And we can either hide it or we could get it out there and share with others. And, and the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. And, and if you've never talked about the struggles you have, find one or two close friends and talk about those struggles. Because the reality is we all have struggles because of sin. For those who are struggling with anxiety or just want to remember a powerful verse, 1 Peter 5 is a, verse to re- is a great verse to memorize. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. So take the promise that God will lift us up in due time. Then the second part of the verse, or, or in verse uh, uh, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We can even change the pronouns there. We can say, cast all of my anxiety on him because he cares for me. You could change the pronoun there to make it more personal for you. But this is a verse where you can put all around your house. You can put it on your phone, on your uh, wallpaper, on your phone, wallpaper, on your computer, where you can see it everywhere as a way of reminding if we have anxiety let's cast it on him he says give me your burdens my yoke is light Jesus says give me your burdens let's give it to the Lord and let's cast our anxieties on him mental illness in the church has been a stigmatized topic for many years and it's becoming more and more commonplace to talk about it, which is a great thing. And we need to be talking more and more about the reality of mental illness in the church and what the uh, Christian response, a godly response is, is to it. And, and, uh, but it's nothing new. It's not like, oh, in the past 50 years, mental health is just, issues have just come up. No, mental health issues have been around since the fall. Charles Spurgeon writes this in the 19th century. Look how vivid this imagery is. The mind can, dis- can descend far lower than the body, for in it there are bottomless pits. The flesh can bear only a certain number of wounds and no more. But the soul can bleed in 10,000 ways and die over and over again each hour. Wow. Mental health issues is not a new phenomenon. If you want to take a picture of that quote, you can. It's worth reading, realizing that, that you're not alone. And we were talking, uh, Pastor Marie and I were talking to a psychologist this past week or two weeks ago, and she was saying that um, with most insurance in, in Hawaii, that we have, uh, that they will waive the copay if it's a telehealth counseling session. So you might want to reach out and talk to your insurance company, talk to a psychologist, um, and you might be able to get counseling at a reduced slash free rate. That's pretty cool. So look into that. If you're uh, seeing a counselor is like seeing a mentor who knows what they're talking about. That's a good thing. A mentor who knows what they're talking about. So mental illness is not a new phenomenon. It's been uh, around for a long time, but the Bible is 
does not shy away from talking about mental illnesses, does not talk about, the Bible doesn't shy away from those tough topics. So let me encourage you with four, four thoughts. One, you're not alone. You are not alone. People have suffered mentally, physically, emotionally, all throughout Scripture. And, and it's important to understand that the world we live in today is not what God originally designed. The world we live in today is a result of the fall, humanity's sin, original sin back in the Garden of Eden, that, that the, the disobedience of God, that the world we live in is not what God intended. God never intended for us to, to struggle with these types of illnesses. God never intended for us to be going through all of these things. But now that sin has entered the world, the promise is that God is with us during these storms. Here's what we read in Psalm, uh, well, in Matthew 27. Jesus, when he was on the cross, you might remember this, that my God, he says this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Savior of the world, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And what he's, this, this, this quote here is, a, uh, is, is Jesus echoing uh, a psalm of lament in Psalm 22. There's 150 psalms in the, in the Bible. The majority of them are psalms of lament. So the Bible doesn't shy away from the reality of the darkness and the hurt of the, of the, of the soul. And, 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 and the beauty of this passage here, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's another indicator how much God identifies with us in our suffering. And what's more is that mental illness may be more prevalent than we wish to acknowledge. The National Institute for Mental Health says one in five American adults live with a mental illness. One in five. One in five American adults. The World Health Organization says one in four people worldwide will experience mental health issues. 25% of people. So if you're struggling, you're, you're not alone. And if you're struggling, I will say it again, please reach out to somebody. And if you have no one to reach out to, let one of the staff members know. If you're online, just say, hey, I would love someone to connect with me. Let us know so we could get you connected with somebody. If you don't have anybody to talk to, chances are you do have someone around you. But don't suffer alone. So, it's not, so you're not alone. Secondly, it's not your fault. Uh, mental illness is, is, is ultimately the result of sin. Uh, but remember in John chapter 9, in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man born blind. Then they ask uh, Jesus, who sinned, this man or this man's father? And Jesus said, no one sinned. But that God has been glorified through this man's healing. It's not your fault if you have a mental illness. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot more I could say about that. But, but the reality is this, is that in our mental illness, we can invite Jesus in our storms, that we could be these wave walkers with Jesus, and, and we could be an example of what it means to live life in the midst of a struggle, what it means to live life for Jesus in the midst of a struggle. The third encouraging thought I have for you is that God sees you and is with you. We have a Savior who experiences emotions. We have a Savior who suffers the, the effects of 
of, 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 of sadness. You might remember in John chapter 11, Jesus had a good friend. His name was Lazarus. And in John chapter 11, Lazarus died. And here's what Jesus, here's what the scripture says. It says, Jesus wept. And the reason this is so powerful is because it shows the humanity, it shows the compassion, it shows the heart of Christ that our Savior wept when his friend died. When you and I are going through difficult times, when you and I are heartbroken, when you and I are in despair, Jesus weeps. His heart is poured out for us. You are that loved. We are that loved by our Savior that, that, that you're not pushed aside. No, Jesus loves you, and he's with us in our pain and in our suffering. So when Jesus died, he rose again. And then after he rose again, he was on the earth for 40 days, and then he ascended. When he ascended, he says, I'm going, but I'm, I'm leaving. There's going to be a comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you. And we read that in Romans chapter 8, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And Romans chapter 8 would be a great passage to read. And if you're online, um, say, hey, I'll commit to reading Romans chapter 8 today. If you're taking notes here, just write down Romans chapter 8. It'd be a great chapter to, to read, Romans chapter 8. But in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit, um, uh, 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 the, the counselor intercedes on our behalf. And even when we can't form the words, the Holy Spirit is our advocate for us and, and, and will intercede on our behalf. And sometimes all we can get out are tears or despair. The Holy Spirit knows what we need and what, 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 what is going on. And so read about that in Romans chapter 8. Hopefully that will bring you encouragement. We read this in Psalm 34. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed and spirits. If you are brokenhearted, if you are hurting, the Lord is near to you. If you are in the storm and you're being hit from all sides, the Lord is near. And I know if you're in a storm, sometimes that's really difficult to hear that the Lord is near because you're like, I don't even feel him. And I understand that completely. But let's take the truth of Scripture and let's believe that over the lies we believe in our heads. And let's believe that the Lord is near. And let's keep telling, us, telling ourselves that the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Fourth encouragement, God's word speaks to us. The Bible isn't afraid of talking about these tough issues. Um, in fact, many the biblical characters suffered from mental illness. Many of the biblical characters suffered from all sorts of issues and illnesses all over. All over. And the Bible doesn't shy away from that. That's a beautiful picture. That the Bible does not shy away from any of this stuff. So what we see here is, um, is, is well, actually last week at the, at the hymn conference, Hawaiian Island Ministries conference, they brought in these professional counselors. And what they ended up doing with these professional counselors is they started sharing about what does mental health look like during this day and age? What does mental health look like during this pandemic? And... Um, and, and, and I'm going to give you these resources afterwards. Everyone watching online, we're going to give you these resources afterwards. But there was these professional counselors talking at this conference about how to deal with it. One, one counselor, Dr. Stanford, says this about, uh, about King David. He kind of like analyzed King David. And here's what we learned about King David. Number one, King David was uh, in a de depressed mood. King David was depressed. Psalm 6, 6 to 7 
From my groaning all night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Psalm 13, 2, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Psalm 31, 10, my life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My Life is consumed by anguish and by years and my years by groaning. That's very vivid. Can anyone identify with that? My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Psalm 38, 6, I am bowed down and brought very low. Very low. All day long I go about mourning. King David, the man after God's own heart, struggled with depression. King David, the man who was the second king of Israel. King David, the one who defeated Goliath. King David, the one, he goes on and on and on. Struggled with depression. Also, King David experienced weight loss or decrease in appetite. Psalm 102. My heart is blighted and withered like, like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress, I groan aloud and am reduced to skin and bones. My knees are weak from fasting. And I am skin and bones. King David also suffered from insomnia. Psalm 22. Every day I call out to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Psalm 102.7. I lie awake lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. Can any of you identify with that? For everyone online watching right now, if you get identified with any of these and you want to be vulnerable, share that in the comment section. King David suffered from feelings of worthlessness. Psalm 22.6, but I am a worm and not a man. Talk about feelings of worthlessness. He says, I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Psalm 31, I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I'm surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. Psalm 69, 12, I am the favorite topic of town gossip, and all the drunks sing about me. You get the sense of how, at times, he felt so worthless. Psalm 109.25, I am a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. So here's the reality. King David struggled. You and I struggle. People in the Bible struggled. And we could be honest about it or we could kind of hide and say, no, I'm perfect. I have it all figured out. One of the reasons I, I, I shared with you my story of, of these years of mental illness and, and, of, and, of, and, and of these different struggles I've been through is, is to continue to start us sharing our own stories, realizing that nobody is perfect. No one has it all together. We all have stuff that we're battling. We're, we're all in these storms. And in these storms, whether it's mental illness or whether it's finances or whether it's relationships or whether it's our kids or whether it's our grandkids or whether it's our spouse or whether, whatever, we can invite Jesus in with those storms where just like he picked Peter up to walk on water, we ask him to pick us up so we can be wave walkers and we invite Jesus into our storms. And 
we're huge on giving resources here. And I want to give you some resources. The band's going to come. Let me give you a number of resources. You could take vid- a picture of the screen. If you're here on site, if you're online, you just open another tab and um, just, uh, you could just check out these re- resources as well. But the first one is um, uh, from Henry Cloud and John Townsend. It's just called cloudtownsend.com. The, it's a great website with a lot of information on those with just general life issues with mental health. Um, and then we have the Smalley Institute, great resources for marriage, for relationships. Um, and, then, and then we have the HIM conference I was mentioning. So uh, last week they had the conference. Now the videos are all up online. Just go to himonline.org, and then you could uh, check out those resources and check out those videos. And also what would be a good thing to do is watch the videos yourself, and if you know someone who would benefit from it, Send it to them and just say, hey, in our past conversations, I know you brought this up. I watched this, and and I think it would encourage you. What a great way to bridge that gap, and what a great way to um, build community and a great way to um, be the church. Uh, This past week, we sent out tips for mental health during the pandemic. It's like a five-page document that was created uh, by a psychologist in Oregon and one of our psychologists here at the church um, in Hawaii here. And it's just tips on how to stay mentally healthy during this pandemic. If you didn't get that attachment that we sent out, that's because we don't have your email address. So if you would, uh, if you're here on site, phys- on the physical side here, fill out the connection card. Uh, that's in the chair in front of you. Uh, if you're online, um, I think the uh, administrators and moderators will probably put something up that says connect with us. Just put the information there. And in the notes, just say, hey, send me that that document on how to um, uh, have these tips. I want that attachment on the tips on how to get through this pandemic uh, and, and the mental health pandemic. Uh, and then we'll get you that information. The, the last resource I'll give you is this, join an Ohana group. Join an Ohana group. Ohana groups are a great way for you to connect, a great way for you to build community. And, and the Ohana groups are all online now and all of that, so it's not the same as face-to-face, and I get that. But join an Ohana group and, and build community with a smaller group of people. We have so many Ohana groups that meet pretty much every day of the week all over. Connect with the Ohana group. If you want to connect with the Ohana group, connect with our Ohana group director, David Van Wagenen. His email is dvw at headsale.net. It's a real, it's a real email address. It just looks fake. Um, but email him and say, hey, I'm interested in, in joining a, an Ohana group, or I'm interested in leading an Ohana group, and he'll work with you and talk with you about that. But here's the deal. In life, let's not do it alone. In life, let's not struggle alone. In life, let's surround ourselves in great company with the church, and let's surround ourselves in community, because that's how we grow. That's how we develop. That's how we become more like Jesus. I want to read Psalm 23, and as a way of a blessing, let's read this as a way of receiving a blessing. So if you would, just put your hands up like this as a way of receiving a blessing from the Lord. I'm going to read Psalm 23, probably the most famous psalm in all the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. 
He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, let's take comfort in the truth that the Lord is bigger than all of our storms. Amen? Let's stand and let's respond by singing to our Lord.